In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Blue Wire. The Denver Nuggets select Michael Porter Jr. But I'm going to make sure that this pick is this organization's best pick they've ever made. Forrest inside. Jokic, Hello and welcome in to a new edition of the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, TJ McBride. You can find me all over Twitter at TJ McBride MBA and doing this podcast way too often. Uh, this is going to be a fun show, a little deviation from so much of this free agency and draft and player movement conversations that we've had. We're going to slow it down a little bit and I'm going to bring you my conversation that I got to have on Locked on Bucks with Kane Pitt. Which was an awesome conversation. If you guys don't know Kane, he's been hosting Locked On Bucks for a while. He's also the ESPN reporter for Australia and New Zealand, so his Australia connection to Tory Craig is also a really cool little wrinkle in his ability to cover the team. So we got to have a conversation about Tory Craig and for all the Nuggets fans who really adore Tory Craig, this is going to be something that I think you guys really enjoy. And if you guys don't know somehow, I always had a ton of respect for Tory Craig, and I hope that has been able to be clear, especially after this conversation that I had with Kane. And it's not going to stop there. We're then going to move on, have our second break after that, and then I'm going to give you the entirety of RJ Hampton's introductory press conference today. He spoke to the media via Zoom and spoke about a whole bunch of things, the Nuggets culture, where he fits, what he's working on, his work with Mike Miller, who has been mentoring him, yada, yada, yada. There's a ton of stuff that we're going to get into with that. So what I'm going to do is I'm literally going to gonna give it, gonna give all 10 minutes of the interview to you in its entirety. I'll give my couple takeaways afterwards, and then we'll get on out of here. So going to be a very enjoyable show. I hope you guys enjoy it the same way that I had putting it together. couple really fun and interesting conversations to be had. So I hope you guys are doing well. Please stick with us as we take our first quick break and tell you about Indeed. Make sure you also go subscribe to the Freddie Adu podcast, American Prodigy, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network as well. And then wait for that blue or for that bet online um, advertisement read, which you're going to hear after my conversation with Kane. So full, full schedule of stuff for the podcast today. But thank you guys again for sticking around. First break coming up to tell you about Indeed. And then my conversation with Kane Pittman about Tory Craig on the other side. Twenty twenty has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every single hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. 
Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it and fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer is valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Don't forget to join us on Locked on Bucks for the rest of the week. We went through the guards at the start of the week and the potential guard rotation. As the week moves on, we're going to continue to talk about some of the forward additions that the Bucks had. Who's going to play next to Giannis? Are we going to see more of Giannis at the five? These are the questions we've been asking for a long time uh, covering the Bucks. So we're going to touch on that later in the week. So make sure you stick with us. And now... Uh, we've got to bring in our guest. I teased this man yesterday. I teased him at the start of this show today. TJ McBride, host of the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast. Thanks for coming on, man. It's been a busy week for all covering the NBA. Yes, it has been a wild week. I, I don't remember anything like this, but I'm happy to slow down and just kind of talk about some hoops and somebody that I've covered for a long time. That's easy to do. I don't have to figure out cap rules to talk about <laughs> Tory Craig. So I'm very happy to relax like this for a second. So we are absolutely diving deep into Torrey Craig here and his potential fit with the Bucs. Uh, I will say, I think overwhelming positive response to mm-hmm. this signing. I think he was one of the guys that was left that everyone said, this would be nice, but you don't often get the guy that you actually wanted. So to see that report come through, I think everyone was excited about that. Before we do, I know you've just been talking to uh, pick 24 in the draft, RJ Hampton today. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be one of those... Uh, weird connections that we're going to have here. He was never a Milwaukee Buck, but he wore a Milwaukee Bucks hat on draft night. And I was very pleased to see him today in the media availability, had his Nuggets hat on. And I wondered whether he just really wanted to have the feeling of having that hat on. But how was RJ? RJ's great. I, I was, the thing that surprised me most about it was he's genuinely excited to be in Denver. I don't know how much of it was coached, how much of it was planned ahead of time, but you could tell the focus he wanted to convey was, I want to play for a winner, I want to get better, and I want to be with an organization that knows what they're doing. And that was encouraging, to say the least. Like When people asked him why it was so exciting to be in Denver, the first words out of his mouth were, the culture, which is insane for anybody <laughs> who's covered the Denver Nuggets for the past 10 years like there was a moment where they were the joke of the league so that was cool to see that somebody of his caliber of player which let's be honest could be a top five player in this draft it was really encouraging to see him that excited about Denver and that excited to get better already talking to Michael Malone already reached out to to Nuggets players so all positive stuff as it always is for introductory press conferences yeah, landing in a pretty good spot as well. I was surprised oh, that man. he got to 24, but hey, uh, you, you will take that uh, every day of the week. Maybe the best athlete in the draft class mm-hmm. as well. Uh, as far as Milwaukee goes, I, I mentioned Tori Craig, and that's who we're here to talk about. Remarkable story, and I'm not quite sure how many of our listeners are really all over this. I, I tweeted this out. Tori doesn't know this yet. 
but he's going to be the honorary Australian on the roster. And when I do get back to Milwaukee, that's going to be bad news for him because like Daly and like Thon <laughs> Maker in the past, I'm probably going to be annoying him a lot. But this guy, three years ago, he's 29 years old now, but only three mm-hmm. years ago, this guy was not only just playing in the Australian National League, but he was spending the off-seasons playing State League in Australia, which I, I, don't, I don't need to tell anyone Look, the, the NBL is a pretty good quality league this time, well-respected around the world. But the state leagues, not so much. I mean, this is the ultimate yeah. story of a grinder that has found his way into the league. He did everything it took. He, and he played in New Zealand as well. It wasn't just Australia. He did any option that he had to be able to find a way to the league he took advantage of. And what I think is so cool and that you're going to, going to enjoy being that you're Australian is that he almost didn't accept the Nuggets Summer League invite all those years ago because he enjoyed being in Australia so much. And he didn't want to leave a good thing for a potential bust opportunity at a Summer League where he might not even get minutes to play. Like, that's a really big shot in the dark. And he took the chance. The Nuggets obviously brought him onto the inaugural two-way contract. That's another crazy part of this. He was like literally the guinea pig for how two-way contracts work in the NBA. He was the first one to use up his 45 days and all of those things. So the Nuggets really put him on the crash course. And then when they finally brought him up to the NBA to play for Denver, they dropped him in the starting lineup to defend a guy named Drew Holiday. And he did so after taking an Uber from Kenosha, Wisconsin, to an airport in the middle of nowhere at 3 a.m. to be able to get to Denver to do so. Literally slept between shoot around and the game, had a little bit of film study and got dropped out there. And that's the kind of guy he is. He fights, he works, he will do whatever it takes to get those opportunities to show what he can do. And that's why fans love him so much. It's why he was so beloved in Australia. He's not just another American coming in and gunning. He's somebody who was there to work and be a true professional like so many people are in Australia. You don't have guys just jumping out of the gym. Like These are true professionals who have to learn their craft the correct way. And Torrey Craig has taken that route. Four years at the University of South Carolina Upstate, three years in Australia and New Zealand to finally get a two-way contract at the NBA level is a really, really impressive journey to get to this level of now being an important factor of the Milwaukee Bucks, arguably the title contending team this year. You just don't see that path a lot and and mostly for the reason that once guys get to a certain age, often they'll settle for whatever it is they're doing. And as you pointed to, for him, uh, hanging out in Australia during the summer is, I I can tell you, a pretty cool place to be. So for the fact that he did take that chance and got to where he is, is incredible and that's why he is so well respected particularly over here uh, i think the couple of things that you touched on there the the first start with denver uh, actually had a, a block at the end of regulation I, I believe sent that game to overtime and of course the the oshkosh connection there with the wisconsin herd he was out there to play a game gets caught up to the nba so some fascinating parallels there with where he's going to end up uh, now with this bucks team uh, he did win the nbl a defensive player of the year. And certainly if we think about Torrey Craig, we think about his defensive prowess first. So uh, what kind of roles was he playing with the Nuggets? I think we saw him in a variety of different lineups. We've seen him oftentimes taking big matchups, but what should Bucks fans expect from him defensively? 
So the big thing about Torrey Craig defensively is he's going to give you energy no matter what the situation dictates. So one of the defining plays that he brought to the table was, okay, Torrey Craig got blown by, which happens in the NBA. Everybody gets blown by at some point. His ability to recover and block shots at the rim is perfectly indicative of the kind of defender he is. No matter if you're out of position, no matter if suddenly you have to come from a weird angle, he finds ways to be impactful. He's just so disruptive and so energetic and has his ability to be have his hand everywhere at once it's that's really the defining trait of what makes him so impactful the one thing I will say is that dropping him on elite wings is still difficult I mean he's not Kawhi Leonard he's not Paul George level defender he's going to struggle on those massive jumbo wings who can shoot from anywhere as everybody else in the league does but in terms of guys like Donovan Mitchell Damian Lillard CJ McCollum and a lot of those explosive dynamic lead guards he presents such a difficult situation for them which can then allow you to use Drew a lot more interesting ways as well because Drew is so good off ball that you can kind of be able to start playing with some different defensive sets as a Bucks team who has so many different options on that end of the floor. So when I look at what he can do for the Bucks, I, t- I think about shutting down legitimate uh, lead guards that are dynamic and also being able to take away usually the best wing threat unless it's one of those elite wings which everybody struggles with. Interesting. That's really fascinating because I think one of, uh, certainly listeners of this podcast understand this, but one of the underrated facets of the Bucks defense last year was their ability to bring Wesley Matthews in. He is, has that strength and has that size that he would take LeBron James and he would take Kawhi Leonard. And I think there's been some Bucks fans, uh, myself included, wondering uh, how he would fit into that there. So certainly everything I've read suggests uh, what you did, that you know, guards and those sort of uh, dynamic guards, he will be able to take some of those matchups. The one thing I would say too is that when you have him with Drew, you can you can use Drew Holiday to defend LeBron James of the world. Like he is strong enough and savvy enough and knows how to use leverage the correct ways to get away with that to where you can still have the coverage of throwing Tory on a Dennis Schroeder or somebody like that. You know, finals matchup contingent, of course. But in that kind of an example of he can defend those hyper quick, agile, get to the perimeter or get to the lane kind of guards to be able to shut down that first initial wave that point of attack defense that so many people need which is why it's so exciting to me because you could unleash drew holiday like letting him just play rover from the guard position is going to be so fun when you have Giannis behind you you could be so much more aggressive at the point of attack now whether on or off ball drew or tory because you have a guy like Giannis. that kind of a trio you just don't find that especially when you talk about how underrated middleton is as a as a defender so that to me is just incredible amounts of excitement a second here you're good if you want to get basketball smart it starts with listening to the hollinger and duncan podcast part of the lockdown podcast network nba analytics pioneer and front office insider john hollinger joins dunkdown podcast host nate duncan to bring you scouting reports game breakdowns and salary cap analysis subscribe to the hollinger and duncan podcast today wherever you get your podcasts now tj i've been scrolling through every single number i can possibly find on Tory Craig here the last couple of days. And one of the things that's really interesting to me is his positional breakdown on cleaning the glass. So I think that certainly he projects as a guy that in some lineups could play the two, certainly obviously can play the three. And even there is some capabilities or capacity there where I could see him playing the four in smaller lineups with Giannis beside him. So my question for you would be where you think he fits best because uh, I put up a poll yesterday on the Lockdown 
uh, Bucks podcast Twitter page here and said, who do you think would start next to Drew Holiday in the backcourt and then who would close next to Holiday in the backcourt? Now, I didn't have Torrey Craig in there first. I had Dante DiVincenzo, Bryn Forbes, DJ Augustine, and I had Pat Connaughton, who really was just a, a, a token a guy there. And I ended up deleting that and putting Torrey Craig in. Shout out to friend of the podcast, CJ at One Good Thing. He said, I think you need to have Torrey Craig in there. So where do you, where do you see his best position? You've spoke about defensively, he can take on guards, but where, where does yeah. it fit? And is it really that versatile across all positions? Yes, it is that versatile. He can make an impact on three positions, two, three, and four, and even some ones, depending on the kind of guard. Like really, the ultra shifty Steph Curry types, you don't want to throw them on because you don't ever want to throw guys <laughs> right. like that on. That's um, not a 90% of guards in the NBA, point guard or shooting guard, he can check. And the majority of small forwards he can match up with, I'd say 90% of small forwards as well. Power forward, you start getting into the, are you playing small? Are you playing big? What's the circumstances? He can fill that role. He can masquerade as a power forward when you need him to. But it's specifically against small ball lineups. When it comes to starting them or not, this is what is so great about Torrey Craig. He doesn't care. And... I hear players say it all the time. I don't care when the players say it. It's always complete crap, in my opinion, when players go out there and say, I don't need to start. I can fill this role, that role, whatever. Torrey Craig genuinely means it. This is somebody who just wants to help. And that was why the Nuggets were so upset to lose him because the Nuggets had no plans of losing Torrey Craig this offseason. They had every intention of bringing him back. It wasn't until Jeremy Grant took away all of their uh, big depth that they had to suddenly pivot and find more bigs. So Jeremy Grant can be a guy that you can use situationally as a starter, like Michael Malone did in the playoffs last year or the year before last year when Will Barton got hurt and suddenly Torrey Craig started 11 of the 14 playoff games. You can bring him off the bench when you know that the stretch of games you're going to be playing is going to require you to come off the bench and check a guy that is more, um, you know, like a Dennis Schroeder type. Again, a guy that's coming off the bench that you have to worry about that pick and roll. He can shift and be dynamic in that way. I've always compared him to, it's more of a baseball term, but a utility player. He can play left, he can play right, he can play second, he can play catcher. Like he genuinely can do whatever you're looking for and is willing to do so, which is just such a hard find in this day and age of the NBA with that kind of skill set at that kind of a size. And he genuinely is okay with that. So I'm hoping that Bud is going to be willing to, we need more shooting for this stretch of games. Let's get Dante in there. Okay. We need more guards who are able to flip the court and be able to create on the other side. Let's get Bryn Forbes in there. Okay. Now we need size. Now we need defense. Let's get Tori in there. That's kind of how I'm hoping he platoons it, but we'll have to wait and see what he actually does. Listen, I think anyone that covers the Bucks, uh, follows the Bucks, cares about the Bucks would love Bud to be flexible like that. So as you said, <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> I know. Let's <laughs> <that's, that's laughs> wait and see what happens here. I'm not holding my breath, but we certainly hope so. And I think one of the big things that I love about the Bucks offseason right now is the versatility that they've created. I don't think it was there previously. I think they've got it now with a bunch of different players. And as you pointed to, just to emphasize your point, a guy that will start, will come off the bench in 2019, started 37 of his 75 uh, regular season games. So basically half. And then last year, 27 out of 58. Yeah. This guy's done it. He's done it. He, his whole career, he's been in and out. Of playoffs, regular season, February, yeah. early season, or March right before the playoffs. Like he's done literally everything at this point. Let's touch offensively on what he can do because, you know, he's always been a guy that, you know, a little bit streaky from three. Uh, he had a big playoff game where he hit a bunch of threes, but overall he's only averaged five points per game over his 20 minutes. He's not known for his offense and that's totally fine. But the one thing that stands out to me when I've watched Torrey Craig, when I look at the numbers, 73% 
finishing at the rim because uh, the guy will cut and he will duck to yeah. the basket and you will be able to find him. Just uh, give us a bit of background on what he actually can do offensively. Uh, I would expect a lot of... To be honest, you know? Yes. Um, that's the thing is that not playing next to Nikola Jokic is going to yeah. hurt your ability to get wide open shots at the rim. So that's always going to bend this a little bit. But with that being said, Torrey Craig is a streaky shooter. He'll have incredible games like in, in the two th- or the playoffs, not this year, but the year before he shot 49% from three <laughs> in his 14 games in the playoffs. So there's a level where you're like, okay, it's within him to hit these shots. Like there are moments where you're like, okay, we have to defend him now. He can force your hand as a, as a team in that way but he's not a consistent shooter you cannot depend on it from d- d- game one to game 72 and then through the playoffs you just cannot depend on him on that level um, beyond the shot there's not a whole lot of offensive output for him. He's not a guy that you can swing the ball to on the other side of the floor, call for a pick and run a pick and roll. Like Denver did not have him run DHOs. Denver did not have him run pick and rolls. He did it a little bit in Australia back in the day. He knows how to, but it's not his forte. And I think he'd be the first one to tell you that he's not trying to cross dudes up with a screen and get to the rim. That's not his game. So offensively, he is going to be limited in that regard. There's a reason you guys got him for a minimum you don't get a minimum guy who is able to do these kinds of things but what's really encouraging and something that i think that you might have seen on cleaning the glass is as a rebounder for his size he is insane he will have games where you're like wow he had 12 and 11 tonight (laughs) and tory craig had six offensive rebounds in the game like he absolutely has the ability to crash the glass in a way that i did not expect especially on the offensive glass denver would send back paul Millsap to get back on defense to solidify theirs and send tory as a small forward to the offensive glass because he was so um he had a nose for the ball you don't see in wings on the glass like that and allowed denver to set their defense while still potentially having that extra extra possession and you don't see teams send their big back and you send their wing to the glass very often but he has that ability to do that which makes him just so functional as an energy player again you're not using him for 30 minutes a night this is a guy you just unleash and say empty the tank and do everything you can while you're out there and that'll create random points off offensive rebounds i can't even tell you how many times he has grabbed a rebound offensively off a missed free throw from nowhere and put it right back up and people are like wait where did tory appear from but that's the kind of energy he plays with yeah, those types of guys, it has to be said, always end up being favorites of Bud. So uh, I think one of the first things yeah. I thought that he's going to be a, a guy that Bud will uh, fall in love with pretty quickly there. Uh, before we wrap this up, uh, you've sort of touched on it in terms of his uh, willingness to play whatever role is asked of him. But the Bucks consistently over the last two years, really since Bud came in, but with every addition they've made, they've spoke about the quality of, of character, the quality of person that they're bringing in. Uh, again, we're talking about a guy that I have literally never, ever heard anyone say a bad word about. Uh, What kind of impact did he have in Denver just in terms of the locker room? I I know we saw a lot of messages from teammates. They love this guy. Everybody loves this guy. I really try and pride myself on being an impartial journalist. I really, really try to. But there are certain people you'll meet in the NBA where you're like, that is just a genuinely great person. And you want to see them do well no matter what it costs. And Tory Craig has been one of those people for so many guys. He's the only person I know that can be close with both Bull Bull and Michael Porter Jr., who are like the opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of the way that they approach their day-to-day life. He's close with every vet that I have ever seen. Michael Malone adored him. Tim 
Tim Connolly wanted no part of sending him away. Tim Connolly, or <laughs> Tim Connolly, this is why I've been talking about Tim Connolly so much. I keep saying his name over and over again now. Tory Craig has been a true important force in this locker room of unifying guys, of keeping the mood light, of always bringing a smile to everybody's face. He's always bringing his son around, who's probably the funniest human being on earth, Braylon. Like, <laughs> There is so many levels to Torrey Craig the human, and that was probably the biggest thing he brought to the Nuggets. His defense was huge. They don't win playoff series without him. But the Nuggets will always remember him for who he was in that locker room and for the way that he impacted the players around him. He got the best out of those guys. He was such a unique leader in that way to where he didn't need to play at all. I always go back to Michael Porter Jr. in December when Michael Porter Jr. is finally starting to rise. He's starting to ascend. And Torrey Craig's literally playing eight minutes a night like his role is gone after starting 11 games in the playoffs the year before and he's the first one off the bench high-fiving give, giving him dap telling him exactly what needs to be done to fine-tune things and i'd go ask him about it afterwards and he would like look at me with a stank face like why would i be upset like this is just a good thing i'm happy my guy is thriving so much and he truly truly means it so in terms of a great locker room guy you're not going to find anybody in the nba that stacks up quite like tory craig does Listen, again, I think unanimously a guy that Bucks fans were happy to have on for the minimum. I think everything we've spoke through checks out. I don't think anyone expects to get the perfect player when you are picking him up on a minimum deal, but he is going to be a guy that will have a positive impact on the court at times and certainly off the court almost all, all the time. Mm-hmm. TJ, appreciate you taking my message to jump on the show and just fill us in a little bit because I could have said some of that but it means a hell of a lot more coming from someone who's watched him day in, day out. Well, I appreciate you having me on, and I'm always around if you ever need anyone to talk about Tory Craig. <laughs> yeah, again, you can get TJ at TJ McBride NBA on Twitter and catch him on the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast as well. Uh, we are going to leave it there for today. Uh, like I said right at the top of the show, if there's any Giannis updates, we'll be here. We'll be podcasting mm-hmm. straight away. Uh, interesting developments today. And I'm sure we're going to continue to hear from some of the Bucks signings as they roll through and become official. Uh, it's listen, after the week we've had just seeing that Drew Holiday is actually official. I think everyone can take a deep breath. <laughs> Drew Holiday is on the Milwaukee Bucks, but for everyone out there, make sure you stay safe. Uh, we will be back tomorrow and we'll catch you guys then. Football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads to totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on the season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures every single day. Head to Bet Online today and take full advantage of the great signup bonuses. And don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.
Alright, welcome back, and like I said on the intro, we are now going to get into the portion where I just give you the 10 minutes of the introductory press conference that we had with RJ Hampton. A couple disclaimers off the bat. Um, the Zoom interviews are kind of funky, where it's hard to tell who's going to talk next and when they're supposed to, and if PR is supposed to lead them in. So you might hear some lull, well you will, there will be like these 5 second gaps where people are waiting to ask their question. So don't think that the audio cut out. There are still audio. And the second disclaimer is that when people are asking about the time he spent working out with Mike, Mike in this circumstance is Mike Miller, former Denver Nugget, coach of the uh, coach at University of, of uh, Memphis. He is a lights out shooter, NBA champion, guy who is a rookie of the year back in the day. Um, great, 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 perfect, idealistic training guy for RJ Hampton who needs to work on his shot so much. So that's the kind of disclaimer and general uh, getting you you ready for what is to come in this interview. So without any further ado, here's the 10 minutes of RJ Hampton talking with the media for his introductory press conference. Hey, congratulations on getting drafted first and foremost. Uh, on Twitter, whether it was going back and forth with Woj about whatever trades may or may not be happening, it seemed like you were really excited about Denver as the place that you landed at. What is it about the Nuggets organization that made you so excited to get drafted by them? Uh, I think just the culture uh, in which, you know, uh, I was presented to by, you know, Tim Connolly um, and the people that I have my pre-draft workout for. Um, they said it was a family environment, um, said a lot of people in the organization um, took everything super serious. And then, you know, it's a great team uh, and Denver's a great place to stay, live. Colorado's a great place. So I think it just, you know, all worked out for me. Mike, you can go ahead. Hey, RJ, uh, to follow up on that, what is your sense of the fit that you'll have with the Nuggets? And kind of from your perspective, uh, how do you feel about going to a team that, that obviously has a lot of talent in the backcourt? Oh, uh, you know, I think that's good for me. Uh, I think, you know, that gives me an opportunity to learn right away um, from the guys that, you know, uh, Denver already has. Uh, I'm a guy that can do everything. Um, I can play the one, the two, the three. Um, if needed. Um, so, you know, my value on the court uh, is going to be, you know, what I can produce and what I can do, you know, that day or for what the team needs. So, um, you know, only, you know, Jamal and, you know, Monte and, you know, uh, PJ, or they're all going to make me better. What's going on, RJ? Um, I think it's kind of interesting. You know, Michael Porter Jr. was a guy that kind of slid in the draft. Um, Bull Bull kind of slid in the draft. You You kind of slide as well. What do you think about the Nuggets kind of, you know, um, putting putting all their chips in, in guys that, that kind of fell but have a lot of talent like you like you have and, and you know, you were a top recruit coming out of high school. What, what, what are your kind of thoughts on that? I just think they're the best talent evaluators. evaluators. Uh, they see real talent. Um, you know, a lot of guys um, from that 1 through 13 spot, uh, you know, are kind of mad. They missed out on Michael Porter Jr. Uh, and those guys that, you know, slid on Bull Bull um, are kind of mad they missed out on him. So, uh, it's going to be the same thing with me. I'm going to continue to work hard every day and, you know, show, you know, people that the Nuggets are real talent evaluators and, you know, see what they miss. Hey, RJ, um, Katie Wingy again, again, congratulations. Hey. I want to ask, what is the single most valuable skill that you think you will bring to this Denver Nuggets team that you have? I would say my biggest skill is versatility. Uh, my biggest skill is to be able to do everything. Uh, I can rebound, I can pass, 
um, shoot, get to the basket. Um, you know, I feel like I'm one of the fastest people in the NBA. Um, so, like I said, whatever the team needs me to do, I'm confident enough in myself and my abilities that I'm versatile enough to get it done. Hey, RJ, uh, got another one for you. What was the emphasis? What were you trying to refine, tweak, hone in on um, throughout the past, I don't know, five, six months while you were working with Mike? What was the emphasis there? Um, the emphasis was to you know become a great three-point shooter. Uh, I want to be a high 30s, low 40% three-point three shooter uh, in, the, in the coming years. So, uh, you know, for five, six months, we were in the gym, you know, every single day. Uh, getting up shots, uh, you know, I'm coming to a team where, you know, there's superstars, a lot of talent, and I'm going to have to knock down shots to, you know, open up the rest of my game. Hey, RJ, defensively, I've been very curious what you've been working on and how you think you're going to be able to help this Denver Nuggets team, not even just right now, but in the years to come. Uh, I would just say my strength. Uh, I would say, you know, being able to take hits, take bumps. Uh, lateral quickness has never been a problem for me. Speed has never been a problem for me. So, uh, getting stronger every day um, is, is something that's going to take my defensive game to the next level. RJ, I'm curious if Mike Miller gave you a scouting report on, you know, Jokic, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter, those guys, and what he kind of had to say about the the roster that the Nuggets have. Uh, I mean, I think he kind of gave me one, but I think it's kind of already, you know, known. You know, I've, I've watched the Nuggets all season, um, you know, played against Michael Porter Jr. before watched Jamal Murray since he was at Kentucky. So, you know, I know these guys' games pretty well. And I feel like, you know, when I come in, uh, whatever day I get there, I feel like I'll hit the ground running and with good chemistry. RJ, when did you start to dream the dream of becoming an NBA player? Uh, is this something, I know I've seen pictures of you in like old NBA uniforms. I know that you've loved the game since you were young, but can you kind of take me back to when you were a kid and you first started dreaming that you would be playing in this league? I would probably say about five or six years old. Uh, I went to a lot of Mavericks games. Uh, so, you know, seeing those guys, uh, Dirk, Michael Finley, um, and then, you know, on into the Mavs championship days, uh, you know, that's when I, you know, I figured out that I definitely wanted to be an NBA player. Obviously, you're just you're happy to be on any NBA roster, but how special is it for you that you get to compete on a team that, you know, was on the brink of, of making an NBA finals? Yeah, that's the biggest thing for me. Uh, I want to be on a winning team. I want to be part of a winning team, winning franchise. Um, so coming into a, a, a system and a, and a coaching staff and, you know, teammates that have that same winning attitude I have, uh, I'm just super excited to, you know, help, you know, with the journey and with the process to, you know, bring multiple championships, you know, to the, the different organizations. RJ, can you take us through kind of the emotions of draft night and then finally, obviously, the excitement uh, when Denver got you at 24? Just take us through kind of the timeline of, the, of last Wednesday night. Yeah, so, I mean, like, the excitement was, I mean, like, I feel like, you know, your heart's beating super fast throughout the whole thing. Uh, but I think once we got to around, like, 15 or 16, um, I kind of had a feeling that Denver was was probably going to take me, uh, you know, when, you know, they had their pick or, you know, trade for me in some sort of way. Uh, you know, Mike was kind of, you know, in a lot of talks with, you know, Tim Connolly. So uh, I, I kind of knew that. And as the as the numbers went on, I kind of get more excited uh, just to see, you know, what Denver was going to land and what they were going to do. Appreciate it. RJ, I know I asked you this on draft night, but 
have you reached out to any of the Nuggets players now? Have have anybody congratulated you, or have you touched base with anybody here in Denver? Uh, I think I talked to talked to Monte. I talked to uh, Jamal. Uh, I think I talked. Yeah, I talked to PJ. So um, those three guys that I've talked to, uh, you know, them congratulating me, uh, me asking them certain questions, and then you know, coaching staff, Coach Malone, uh, Coach JB, uh, I've talked to. So uh, it's been good. That is exactly my next question. What has your interaction been like with Michael Malone so far? And what is your first impression of the coaching staff as a whole from your very new glance at this organization, admittedly? I would say my interaction with him, uh, it's been short, but uh, I think, you know, talking to him on draft night, um, then texting back and forth uh, yesterday, uh, he's just excited and ready to work as I am. Um, I feel like uh, he, you know, he's not satisfied with just getting to the conference championship. Uh, and, you know, I'm not satisfied and I don't think anyone is. So uh, I know me and him are both going to get ready and, and get to work uh, as well as all the other players. Go ahead, Adam. Curious, RJ, who are some of your favorite players um, that you've idolized and who are some of the players that you've heard your game compared to? Uh, I would say like my, some of my favorite players ever, uh, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Derrick Rose. Uh, those are probably like my three favorite players ever. Uh, and then I would say uh, a player, players that I've been compared to are Zach Levine, uh, a Derrick Rose, or Russell Westbrook um, because of my speed and athleticism. Does anyone else have any questions for RJ here? I can ask one more, Cody, really quick. All right. So RJ, did that NBA video that was recently put out on Twitter, it was like a dunk compilation of yours. Did you get a bunch of Nuggets fans reaching out to you about that? Just, you know, voicing their excitement about potentially seeing this in the Mile High City and how did that make you feel? Oh, uh, yeah, I got a lot of, you know, uh, a hype behind that video. Um, you know, people asking me what my vertical is and, you know, dreaming about, you know, Loki, I mean, Jokic backdoor lobs to me. Um, so there's been a lot of excitement behind that video. Is that what Nuggets fans can expect? Yes, I if I if I get the opportunity but not cut uh, and Jokic throws it up, I, I will I will make it. <laughs> awesome, thank you. All right, Mike, go ahead. If you got another one, Mike. Yeah, RJ, uh, Mike Miller said I talked to him the other day, and he said he expects or you at least have the potential to become an All Star. Uh, do you how do you feel about that pressure? Do you embrace that pressure? Do you do you like kind of those goal, those high goals being set? How do you feel about kind of those accolades being tossed at you, you know, when you haven't even played a game yet? Yeah, I mean, I like that a lot. Uh, I like the pressure. Um, I feel like, you know, my biggest goal was to make it to the NBA, um, but it just wasn't just to, you know, be a regular guy in the NBA. You know, I want to be one of the best of all time. So, uh, you know, I definitely appreciate him, you know, working with me this past time. But I. Uh, I think, you know, if I can continue to work hard, uh, the sky's the limit. Thanks. All right. I believe that'll do it unless anyone has one last question. All right. I think we're good, RJ. We appreciate you hopping on here and uh, look forward to seeing you in Denver soon. All right. Thank you, guys. All right, man. Take time, care. RJ. Okay. Welcome to Denver, RJ. Thank you. And thank you, Cody. Of course. You guys have a great rest of your day. <laughs> Thanks, Later, Cody. Cody. Bye. So that was everything that RJ Hampton had said to the media today. All of the questions, all of the answers, everything that you could possibly have heard, everything that you could have possibly gained from that interview you have now gotten. Um, there is nothing cut off either end of it. So 
That is, it, that is RJ Hampton's introduction to the Denver Nuggets for the very, very first time. And there's a couple takeaways I wanted to hit on. Um, nothing huge because introductory press conferences are always a little bit... They're a little bit scripted. They're a little bit of, um, not in terms of the Nuggets are asking scripted questions, like, as media, we came in this way, but these players are coached on how to respond to the media, and the introductory press conference is something that is always hit on in those coaching moments. So, he came in ready to talk about what he needed to talk about, which was, he loves the Denver Nuggets culture. This was the most interesting thing to me off the bat, was because um, I asked the first question, it was, why was Denver such an appealing place for you? Because he was so excited on Twitter about it, and yada yada. He immediately said he loves the culture, and that he had picked up on the culture in this pre-draft um, workout that he had with the Denver Nuggets in Memphis. So that was encouraging, because he immediately was drawn to the fact that the Nuggets organization knows what the hell they're doing this isn't a dysfunctional uh chaotic mess of an organization and he immediately identified that and was excited about that he then started talking about how he's ready to get to work he's ready to start putting in what is needed to happen to be able to become the best player he can be and one of those things that he was doing was that he has already started texting michael malone about what is needed about the work that is coming up and that's awesome to hear the fact that he's already talking to michael malone doing everything he can do to be ready for what is to come is incredibly encouraging then he moved on and he started and he was asked about the similarities between michael porter jr falling in the draft bull bull falling in the draft and now RJ Hampton falling in the draft and how those three uh, or how him and then Bull Bull and Porter kind of are parallels in this regard and this was interesting he said he wanted to prove that the Denver Nuggets are the best talent evaluators in the league and the reason he said this was because, like he said, there's a lot of teams who wish they would have picked Michael Porter Jr. before he fell to 14. There's a lot of people who wish they would have picked Bull Bull before he fell to the second round. And he said he's going to make sure that a lot of people may wish that they would have taken him before the 24th pick in the draft. And I thought that was really interesting because he wants to prove the Nuggets right while showing what he can do. And that kind of contrast of motivation was fascinating to me, and I'm very excited to see how that works out. He also discussed talking about Mike Miller um, and working with Mike Miller, as you heard in the press conference, which was really cool because Mike Miller is an incredible shooter. And RJ Hampton, if he becomes a good three-point shooter, it's over. He's a legitimate all-star threat at that point. So the fact that he's already been in the gym with a guy like Mike, Mike with a guy like Mike Miller, who has so many Denver Nuggets ties already and is such a great mentor and somebody who is already coaching and somebody who knows how to get through to young guys and understands what it takes to be at the NBA level. That was awesome. And to hear him talking about it was really, really cool. Then, of course, I asked him about defense because it's me and I have to ask about defense. And he said something else that was very illuminating, which was he knows he needs to get stronger. And if he wants to go to the next level on defense, he knows he needs to be able to take more hits. He said he's already strong and can take hits, but he's working to get stronger to take his defense to the next level which is 1000% what I would say as well he needs to figure out how to play defense which will come with just reps and being with NBA caliber coaching but the strength part of it will make him a much more impactful defender on a physical level so those are my like immediate takeaways. Again, there's not a whole lot you can take away from these press conferences, but still, he's a bright kid who wants to get to work and is motivated and wants to be playing for a winning organization. And Denver seems to be that for him. So overall, really, really, really encouraging stuff.
Maybe this is all just take it with a gigantic grain of salt because he said what you wanted to hear kind of thing. That is totally on the table, but still, it's better than the opposite, which is he just looks like a complete dud and a guy who doesn't care about anybody else and is already selfish from the get-go. None of that existed within RJ Hampton's interview, as you clearly heard. So... That is it. That's the podcast. Thank you so much to Kane Pittman of Locked On Bucks for taking the time to talk about Tory Craig with me. He had me on his show. So go subscribe to Locked On Bucks. Listen to me talk about Tory on his show as well. Um, thank you to RJ Hampton for taking the time to talk to us and have that media um, availability after the draft when so many things are currently going on. Thank you to Indeed. Thank you to Bet Online for allowing this podcast to keep on moving. Thank you to the Blue Wire Podcast Network for housing this podcast. Thank you to all of the listeners who make it what it is. The numbers on these downloads have been been awesome throughout free agency so thank you for sticking around and making this a place that you turn to for denver nuggets news so it's been a ton of fun keep wearing your mask keep staying safe and we will talk to you guys later